0: All right, in uh, Genesis 25 and uh, verse number uh, 20, the Bible said, And Isaac was forty years old when he took Rebekah to wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian of Padanaram, the sister to Laban, the Syrian. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebekah his wife conceived. And the children struggled together within her. And she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. <clears throat> and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. The one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. The first came out red all over, hairy like a garment, and they called his name Esau. And after that came his brother out, and his hand took on Esau's heel, and his name is called Jacob. And Isaac was threescore years old when she bared them. I want to preach these things three mornings, as the Lord will help us, from the life of Jacob. Uh, I love Bible characters. I love Joseph. I love David and many others. But I don't know a character in the Bible that I'm any more like than Jacob. He's almost a reflection, I believe, if we are honest is almost a reflection of our Christian life, our journey with the Lord as it is in reality. It's a different thing when we stand to preach or when we talk to someone else and they say, well, how you doing? We say, well, we're doing good, everything's all right. But as we look inside, we realize that, uh, boy, the more you look at Jacob, the more you see yourself in spite of yourself. And uh, I guess if I had a title for all of the sermons, I'll just throw this out at you. I guess it would be this. Why is everybody always picking on me? But uh, this morning, I want us to notice that which seemed to surface most about Jacob to me, and that was his strength. I want to preach this morning on Jacob's strength. And I want to notice some strengths that he had, and then I want to turn our attention as to how God feels about our strength. I noticed that uh, Jacob, in a sense, when you compare him to Esau, was a man of spiritual strength. Uh, he appreciated and he desired the spiritual promises that God had made to Abraham and had been given to Isaac. And he wanted them to rest upon him. Uh, he, he wanted the, the spiritual power of God upon his life. And on the other hand, Esau, the Bible said, he despised the blessing and the birthright. And so I think really we could say in comparison probably with anyone else in that day, he was a man of spiritual strength. He wanted the spiritual things of life. I think that we could say that he was a man of moral strength. Uh, Esau had mingled with the daughters of the Canaanites, which displeased his parents. But uh, Jacob, as far as we can tell, is in his 70s before he ever marries, and he has refused to mix and mingle with the pagan women uh, of Canaan. He has kept himself separate from the sinful activities that Esau has gotten involved in. So he not only has some spiritual strength, he has some moral strength about it. He has some uh, religious strength. Remember at Bethel when he was heading toward Mesopotamia, and the Lord appeared to him with the vision of the ladder and the angels ascending and descending, and he said to the Lord, he made a vow as he built the pillar that was there, and he said, Lord, if you'll bless me to go into Mesopotamia and come back and give me a family, he said, uh, I'll, uh, I'll make a vow right now. I'll give you a tenth of all that I, that I possess at that time. So he, he makes a religious vow, which seems to indicate that he not only has spiritual strength and moral strength, he now has some kind of a religious strength about him as he vows to God. And certainly, he has some new supernatural strength. Um uh, in spite of how you may feel about Jacob, I don't know, I, I doubt seriously I'd want him to be a member of my church. I, I, I'd discourage it all I could. And uh, there are a lot of question marks about Jacob's life as we read it and how others saw his life, and how they felt about his life, and even how we view his life, as we, we, as we use that word Jacob to refer to someone uh, in a negative sense. If we say, I'll tell you, he's just like Jacob. We're talking about that side of Jacob that uh, seemed not to line up with these strengths that I am talking about. And in spite of how anybody felt about him, there is no question that God was supernaturally with this man. Laban knew that. That's why he feared him when he went to speak to him. God said, you don't speak good or evil uh, to him. He is my servant. And uh, all of those around, they could tell that God was with Jacob in spite of several attributes that were... prevalent uh, prevalent in his life. You know, I've had to, uh, I've noticed that in my own life and I've noticed it in the lives of others. How that, uh, if you stay around anybody any length of time, you're going to see some Jacob in them. You're going to see something about them that really doesn't line up with the calling that they have upon them. But you, You cannot deny that God's power is upon them. So it is with Jacob. He has supernatural strength. And then Jacob has physical strength. I I marvel at the strength of this man. the Bible said that he wrestled with that angel all night long. Now, to me, one of the uh, hardest uh, sports that there would be would be wrestling. I've never wrestled as far as... in in any kind of a sense uh, of school or anything like that, but just getting out and wrestling in the yard with somebody. It just takes a matter of minutes, so you're just wrung out. Jacob is 90-some years old, and he wrestles all night long with the angel. I couldn't wrestle all night long with myself. And last until the morning, or anybody else. But this man is 90-some years old when he comes back from Mesopotamia, and he's wrestling all night long with the angel. This is a man who has physical strength to be able to do that. But not only does he have physical strength, he has mental strength. My goodness, you just don't want to pit uh, your mental capabilities against a Jacob because he'll beat you going and coming. He beat Jacob... Or or he beat Esau hands down. Uh, He beat his own father. And when he went off into the far country, he beat his father-in-law. Ended up leaving with with the farm. I mean, had the whole shebang. uh, And pulled out with it. Uh, He was so mentally capable of of being able to outwit anybody that uh, uh, wanted to have any dealings with him. Some of them, there was a person in our presence, my presence with someone else, and they were joking with that that person about not having any dealings with him. I said, "Well, uh, he would give you the shirt off his back, but don't try to buy it." And I guess (laughs) that's the way it is uh, with Jacob. Uh, He's a man that you just don't want to have to uh, deal with. So he has all of these uh, strengths that are that are on his side. Jacob is a very strong man, and everybody knows it. And isn't that like you, and isn't that like me? Uh, We somehow have our strengths, and it is our strengths that we want to be seen. Uh, We want everybody to know what our positive sides are. Nothing makes us any matter than for someone to remind us of some failure or some weakness that we have. We like to be known for what we are capable and what we are able to do. That's the biggest conflict that you have in a husband and wife relationship is your wife doesn't mind telling you what's wrong with you and you don't like it. And then in vice versa, you don't mind telling her what's wrong with her. And uh, she doesn't like it. Nobody likes to be reminded of what their failures are. We all want to be reminded of what our strengths are. Because somehow we think that if we can be known because of our abilities that it will help us and it will promote us in our cause and and we can be, uh, we can be projected as, as someone that is strong, someone that is able and capable of doing the job. It is our strengths, if we would confess it this morning, it is our strengths that we hold to and we cling to for the preservation of our lives. Our strengths are our hope for tomorrow. Somehow, if we can, through our abilities, accomplish certain things, then then things will turn out like we want them to be. And sometimes we feel like that our strengths are the only reason why we've made it as far as we have. Now, if you'll search your inner heart, you'll have to agree with that. We rely so much upon our abilities, whether, in my case, it is preaching. It is the hardest thing in the world for me to just turn loose and say, Lord, I just won't care this morning. I'll let you do what you do, and that'll be, be fine with me. That's hard to do. I find myself pressing a little harder and, and trying a little more to try to to be able to make sure that, that I have, I have achieved something when I get done preaching. Certainly you don't want to give your life to something and then be noted as a failure. <laughs> and when you bring up the name say, oh boy, you ever heard him preach? <laughs> we don't want that. See, there's a fine line between spirituality and carnality. I've found that in my own life. Certainly I ought to give myself to study and Give myself to searching out the Lord. But how much of that study is my desire to perform well when I get behind the pulpit? Have you ever thought about that? How much of our practice is because we want to perform? Well, that's something to think about, isn't it? And only heaven's going to reveal that. (laughs) When we get to glory and all these sermons are put in that big batch... And the fire's turned up on it. (laughs) We'll be lucky to come out with a point. (laughs) I really believe that. I really believe that. You can see it. Might as well confess it. I can see it in everybody else that preaches and sings or anything else. And you can see it in me. I'm telling you, I got it in me. I did not come here this morning to fail. (laughs) I've tried my best (laughs) and the only way I'm going to fail is, is God's going to make me fail. And sometimes He has to. Because we cling to those abilities and those strengths and we fear. We fear failure. We fear inability. We fear that folks will think that we are not up to the task. We fear that. You see, I say to you that when I went into evangelism, I just stepped out by faith to trust the Lord. The Lord, I find myself thinking, God, if I don't do good tonight, I'll never get another meeting. Huh? If, I, if, 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 this, if this series of sermons turns out the way it has started, they'll be looking for another pastor. You ever feel that way when you're preaching them? When you're on a high, boy, you just think this church has really got a good preacher. They, you know, <laughs> preach four or five Sundays in a row. Man, it's out the top, and they're all talking about it and everything. But did you ever go four or five Sundays or four or five months in a slump, and you're ashamed to take your check? <laughs> and you can look into their eyes, and you're thinking that they're thinking, "I wish we had a preacher." <laughs> Because somehow we think that we have to do... We've got to. We've got to. It's just like in any other realm in this world. If, if we don't achieve, if we don't succeed, then they're going to look for someone else and somewhere else. But I want to mention three or four things to you about Jacob's strength and about your strength and my strength. And I hope this morning that maybe... The Lord can do for you what He's trying to do for me. And that's sort of emancipate or set us free from our strengths, Because our strengths are so limited and so narrow. But His abilities are so unlimited. And we can marvel at how far He can take us if we can rest in that. But can I say to you, first of all, all of these strengths that Jacob has, and all of the strengths, and I don't know what your positive sides are this morning. It may be that you are a gifted, outstanding preacher. It may be that you have the gift of, uh, of organization and orchestration. You can just take a church and, boy, you can just manage that thing and, and just take it out to top. It may be that somehow your gift is to be able to counsel people and speak to them and, and help them through their hardships and trouble. I don't know what your gifts are. There could, could be many, that you, that many strengths that we all seem to have. And I'm here to tell you, we are strong. That's not our problem. We are strong. But I want to say to you this morning, no matter what your strength is, First of all, your strength, as Jacob's strength, is totally, 100% unacceptable. Jacob, for 93 years, put all the energy that he had in trying to accomplish things in his own life that he desired, and ultimately to get the blessing of God. Ninety-some years he put into it. But when it's all said and done, in Genesis chapter number 32, what is the prayer that he prays to God as he wrestles with that angel? He prays and says, I will not let thee go, in verse 26, except... Thou bless me. Well, wait a minute, Jacob. What are you doing looking... I thought you beat Esau out of that back when you was in your 40s. I thought you got that from your daddy back when you was in your 60s. I thought you already had that blessing. Why are you crying out for a blessing? I'm going to tell you why he's crying out for a blessing. It's because at the end of the day, after he had done all that he could do, Put all of the energy into it that he could put into it. After it was all said and done, he handed it to God and God said, I don't want it. Ninety-three years and God said, I don't want it. Jacob, you're scheming and you're lying and you're cheating. Now, all of these abilities that you have used for 90-some years, I'm sorry, Jacob, I've been trying to tell you, I cannot use those things. I can't use them. I mean, he's beat everybody. He's, I mean, it just seems as though that he's won every contest. He has won every contest that he has been in with any individual all of his life, and God will not even give him a blue ribbon. Somehow he can not hear the voice of God saying, Well done, my beloved son. Oh, Jacob, I tell you, I needed you over there. If it hadn't been for what you did over there, we'd, I, I appreciate that, buddy. No, he could not get any acceptance out of his strength. And isn't that so with you and I? There's, it seems like to God, there is no acceptability, and we are unaccepted in our own energies of the flesh as we try to accomplish something for Him. And even within ourselves, if the truth is known, when we lie down in the stillness of the night, as Jacob is across the brook Jebuk, and we're all alone, somehow even we can't accept our own abilities. And we say to ourselves, Did I say it like it ought to be said? Was that what I was supposed to do? You know, I believe the biggest mistake ever made might have been back there. We even within ourselves cannot find a satisfaction with the achievements that we have accomplished, whatever they may be. There are and there is no satisfaction in what you can do. You will never be satisfied in what you can do. It's an unending effort as you try. And sometimes you think you have made it, and other times you will think you will fail. But always when, the, when, the, when it's said and done and the day is over, you're going to feel empty and void as far as your energies are concerned because they are unacceptable. All of our strong suits and our abilities are unacceptable. Can I say to you secondly, Jacob's strengths as your strengths? Not only are they unacceptable, but your strengths are unappreciated. <laughs> you see, what I want you to know is the, what 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 I've done. <laughs> Well, uh, don't look at me like that. You don't meet with the preachers and talk about your attendance on a Sunday when it's down. And the offering when it's down and the sermon was a flop. When you get with the preachers, what you want to do is, is you want to talk about the high times. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, buddy, we, we had to set out chairs this morning. We did. Offering was out the top. They voted to buy me a new car. We had sixty-five join. <laughs> you get up to go to the bathroom and all the preachers start talking about you. You're laughing because you've done some of that talking. <laughs> Isn't it true when you flash your strengths and and you want everybody to know what you have achieved? Who likes Jacob? Can I ask you who likes Jacob? Does anybody like Jacob? Esau doesn't like him. He said, I hate him. Laban's boys don't like him. They said, Daddy, he's robbed us. Laban doesn't even like him. If it wasn't for God, he'd kill him. Nobody likes Jacob. Jacob. You know, I found in the Christian life that, that the Lord blesses the attitudes of people toward me more in my weaknesses than He does in my strength. I found that in the times of my lives that have been blunders, that I found that many of God's people who could associate with those blunders would come to my side and in tears would pray with me and help me. But I'm here to tell you something this morning. If you're pastoring the biggest church in the town, making the most money, you and your wife's never had an argument in all these years, all your children have turned out perfect, doctors and lawyers and all that other stuff, and you've never been sick a day in your life, don't tell me about it, I won't like it. And you know that's the truth. The things that we we seem to promote, that our pride seems to project, only causes people to turn away from us. The attitudes and the actions and, and so on. We don't like. We don't like it. So our... Our strengths are unappreciated. They really are. You know, this this can be seen among children, especially when they play games. Well, when we play games. (laughs) If I play some kind of game with my wife and she beats me two or three times in a row, I get mad. Because, you know, you just can't help but start rubbing it in. You can't play, can you? You're not smart enough for this game, are you? (laughs) We don't like that. And people are really not impressed with your successes. They really aren't. Nor with mine. Your strengths are unappreciated. But then can I say to you thirdly, your strengths are unacceptable, your strengths are unappreciated. But can I say to you, thirdly, your strengths are unable to accomplish what you want accomplished. Spinning your wheels day after day to accomplish the task at hand in your own energy. And your strengths, as God has designed it, will bring you to ultimate and absolute failure. I don't care how gifted you are this morning in preaching. I don't care how gifted you are in ministry. I don't care how gifted you are in any way. You are unable this morning to convict one sinner. What's your energy got to do with the spiritual limb? You can't convict one sinner. Don't sound to me like it's worth much. Your energy is unable to, to save one single soul. Your energy, no matter what it may be, is unable to calm one storm in your life or anybody else's life. Your energies are, are unable to prevent one disaster. Your energies and strengths are unable to accomplish one prayer or to preach one sermon or to love one enemy or to keep one commandment. So, what good are you? What good are you? God never intended that we bully our way through the Christian life in our own strength. So we must learn to rely upon the only strength that can do these things, and that's God's strength. The things that need to be done, only God can do in His own power and in His energy. It's not by might, nor by power, but by, the Bible said, by my Spirit, saith the Lord. And somehow, if we could be set aside and placed out of the way, it'd be amazing what God could do. But we're afraid it'll fall apart. It'll fold up. It'll drop out the bottom. If we don't do something, do all you can do, and it will never do what needs to be done in any heart, even in your own. The strengths are unable. Now I'm here to tell you, lastly, and this is the blessing of it, maybe this will help us to set us free a little bit. Your strength and your ability are unnecessary. It's all right if you can't. Because God doesn't need it anyway. You see, when God saved me 32 years ago, I had no abilities in this realm whatsoever. I knew nothing about God, nothing about the Bible, nothing about the Holy Spirit. I knew nothing about doctrine. I knew nothing about prophecy. I knew nothing about the church. I knew nothing, nothing, nothing. (laughs) And when I knew nothing and could do nothing and had nothing, God came into my life and began to work. Now I began to believe that the things that I accumulated along the way God would need. I learned a few verses. Memorized a few. <laughs> the Lord called me to preach. Gave me His gifts to do so. But somehow, on, between there and now, I come up with a conclusion that God couldn't operate without what I could do. But I didn't have anything to start with. Why does He need anything out of me now? He didn't need me. He doesn't need me. See, I say to you that all your strengths are unnecessary. Jacob has tried, again, for all these years to get what? The blessing. He wants the blessing. If he has to beat somebody, lie, cheat, steal, he's going to do it. He wants the blessing. But I'm going to ask you something. When did he get the blessing? Do you know when he got the blessing? It's in our text. Uh, The Scripture tells us in verse 23, The Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, Two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. The one people shall be stronger than the other. The elder shall serve the younger. Before he ever took one breath, before he ever took one step, before he ever accomplished one deed, God Almighty said, the blessing is going to the younger. And if that is so, if we can rest in what God has said, if that is so, then he doesn't have to try to buy it. He doesn't have to lie to get it. He doesn't have to wrestle even for it. God has already given it to him. It's already achieved before he ever even come on the scene. So all that he is doing is totally unnecessary. (laughs) <laughs> Boy, I'm not even doing it about you. It gives me liberty to know that my sermon is unnecessary. My outline is unnecessary. My performance is unnecessary. Jonah preached eight words. Didn't even have an illustration or any points. And a whole city got saved. And we get offended because folks can't remember our outline. You don't need it. God doesn't need it. <laughs> I wonder if He doesn't snicker sometimes we get up and do these pretty little sermons when He doesn't need that. It hurts our pride to realize that we are non-essential. But on the other hand, it gives us great liberty and freedom to know that God can work Sunday morning whether you preach a good sermon or a bad sermon. No matter how that song comes out, no matter how things seem to be happening, God is able to work in spite of that. Because He doesn't, it's not your abilities or inabilities that determines what God can accomplish anyway. It seems as though that here He is saying to Jacob what He had to say to Simon Simon, I don't need your sword. Gideon, I don't need your army. Moses, I don't need your abilities. You're only handicapped by your strength. You are handicapped. I am handicapped by my strength. Because God Almighty said, and this is the important thing, God Almighty said, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Well, pray, tell me, why are we trying to be so strong? When God rejects the strong and the proud, He doesn't want the wise or the wisdom of this world. He doesn't choose those things. If anything is accomplished, God wants to accomplish it in the power of His own might His history. And the only way He can do that is through your weakness your strength and my strength totally unnecessary. I'm glad of that, aren't you? you? just don't need it. God can do it. The blessing of the whole matter is He allows us to be a part of what He's doing, but He's the one that's doing it. I mean, close of this illustration. I read a book here just recently, Fanny Crosby's Autobiography, written by Baker uh, Publishers, and that to me is is just tremendous because it's her own words about her life. And she says when she's about eight years old, you know, she's been blind since uh, a child. And she said her mother and father heard of a famous doctor and they took her to New York. He was to be there. And she went to that doctor and she said, the first thing the doctor asked her, he said, uh, uh, Fanny, would you like for me to give you sight? And she said, I answered him and said, no, sir. And she went on to say, she said, I see things, I appreciate things, I hear things, and I feel things that people who see can never see And she said, God works through my blindness. I don't need to see. And I say to you this morning, God works through your weakness. You don't need to be strong. He's strong enough for both of us.